welcome to the You on the Camino podcast for and about first-time pilgrims on the Camino de Santiago in Spain with your host, guide, and longtime pilgrim, Nancy Reynolds of the Camino Experience. When you imagine yourself on the Camino, who is there? Are you on your own? Is your spouse or partner there with you? Are you with a big group of your favorite people, perhaps family, perhaps not? Hi, this is Nancy, and in this episode, we are going to explore the question of who is going with you when you walk the Camino. This is our next step on the Camino Planning Roadmap. This is going to be a fairly personal episode for me, and possibly for you too. I'm going to share with you my experiences walking the Camino on my own and with groups, and I'm going to invite you to take what might be the biggest step in deciding what Camino experience you will have. If you've been following along with this podcast series, then you can probably guess that I am not going to push you to do the Camino any particular way. I won't tell you that walking it alone is the best and only way. And I won't tell you that you'll have the best time ever if you have someone or a group to walk with. Instead, I'm going to lay out some options and present the pros and cons so you can decide what's best for you. Shall we get started? The question of who are you doing this with is, I think, broader than it appears at first glance. That's because there are so many parts to getting ready for and walking the Camino, and so many points at which you may want or need someone to do it with you. Let me explain. This trip, walking the Camino, has a high potential for presenting you with a lot of firsts. It may be your first time in Spain, where the language, food, and rhythm of the day are different from those things in your hometown or country. Even if you have traveled before, you could be contemplating taking your first trip alone, which is quite different than traveling with someone who can watch the luggage while you use the restroom, or grab a coffee, or weigh in on where to stay for the night or help you find the bus stop or the train station. This could be your first international trip, the first time out of your home country, although you may have traveled within your state or country many times. International travel requires us to interpret immigration and customs requirements, and these days, to sort out COVID vaccine and testing rules, which, not for nothing, seem to be constantly on the move. International travel also requires a different currency and some pre-coordination to be able to get your hands on that currency. Walking the Camino is, for most people, the first time they've taken on the challenge of a multiple-day walk. It will be the first time they have lived out of a backpack and had to carry everything they're taking on the trip. For many people, it's the first time they will be sleeping in shared dorms in albergues or hostels. And what if you're not a walker now? I remember one of the pilgrims in one of my groups telling me that her son was both confused and worried 
when she said she was going to walk the Camino. Mom, he said, you don't ever walk farther than the mailbox each day. But she did it. She walked across Spain. The thing about first times, they are all very exciting. They get the nerves all stirred up, and sometimes they can make us think we're in over our heads. We're not, but this is why, I think, people worry when getting ready for the Camino. It's all new and unknown. And this is part of why, I think, people hesitate to do the Camino alone or on their own. It's all a bit daunting. First, there's the getting ready part. That's the planning and preparations. Deciding when to go and who's going with you. Getting your budget and then the money together for the trip. Booking flights, trains, and buses to get to your starting point and back home after the walk. Figuring out how to pack for a trip like this and then gathering up all your gear. Sorting out travel insurance and how to communicate with the folks back home while you're away. And training for the physical part of the walk. And all of that is just the getting ready part or the lead up to walking the Camino. Then there's the getting started part. Traveling from home to Europe and your starting point. Navigating your way through a new country where you might not speak the language and haven't yet figured out when shops and restaurants are open so you can get food after the long flight. And by the way, you're jet lagged. Finding where you're staying the first night there, obtaining your credential or pilgrim's passport, and finding out where the trail leaves the town so you know where to go the next day. That's a lot of stuff or steps to get started. Imagining yourself doing all that alone, that might not be so appealing. In fact, it could be downright unappealing or intimidating or even fear-inducing, especially if it would be your first time traveling alone or first time traveling internationally. And finally, there's the walking part. Who will you share the day-to-day -day walk with? Who will be with you and by your side if and when things get difficult or when there's an injury or an illness or when you need some encouragement to get up and over a mountain? On the other side of the emotional continuum, who will celebrate with you at the end of a fun and glorious day? Who will share in the joy and beauty of the way? And who will give you the standing ovation and snap your photo when you walk into the big plaza in front of the cathedral in Santiago? I love imagining all of that. Imagining you getting ready, getting started, and walking the Camino. In each of these phases, you could go it alone. Or you could share it with someone you know and love or you could engage a company or guide to assist you. You could even meet people online who are also getting ready for their first Camino walk and plan to meet them at your starting point. I think you probably know this by now, but I'll say it anyway. There is no right or wrong way to do it. Each way will give you a different and unique experience. 
and you have the freedom to choose what kind of experience you want. So what are your options when it comes to who you will walk the Camino with? You could go on your own, solo. You could walk with a friend, partner, family member, or a group of people you already know. Or you could join a prearranged group. What I'd like to do now is take a close look at these options and walk through the pros and cons of each. I will also look closely at how you might approach each of the three phases I mentioned a moment ago, getting ready, getting started, and the actual walking with each of these options. We'll start with the solo approach. People who have walked the Camino solo often will be the first to recommend it. There's something so empowering and freeing about walking the Camino solo. Maybe that's because you could be taking on something that scares you, that you could fail at, and conquering those fears. Or it could be because you're doing things you've never done before and succeeding at them, which is a huge confidence boost. Or you might just love and be used to the freedom and independence of solo travel. Either way, walking the Camino on your own can be life-changing. I want to mention that there's nothing about pilgrimage itself that makes going solo a requirement or even particularly beneficial. In fact, from my unofficial unscientific observations, going solo seems to be statistically uncommon in the larger world of pilgrimage. Take, for example, the pilgrimages of two of the major world religions, the Kumela in India and the Hajj in Mecca in Saudi Arabia. Going on one of these pilgrimages alone would be unthinkable, if not impossible, especially for a woman. So when people insist that the best way to do the Camino is on your own, I believe that they are saying that based on their personal experiences, rather than describing how this particular pilgrimage is supposed to be done. I've been traveling on my own, solo, by myself, for decades. That's because I have long lived by two guiding principles. One, that I would rather be alone someplace cool, doing something interesting, then alone at home on the couch. And two, better alone than badly accompanied. So as a single person for much of the past 35 years, I have traveled on my own a lot. The first time I walked the Camino in 2005, I walked it on my own. I didn't walk it alone because it's actually pretty tough not to meet people and make friends on the Camino, but I did start alone that first time. And I started alone the next time, and every time I walked the Camino over the next seven years. Then in 2013, I started leading groups on the Camino, which changed the game for me. I won't say there isn't irony in me leading groups as someone who loves and often even prefers solo travel, but I love leading groups on the Camino, and I love irony. It's completely possible that had I had someone to walk the Camino with, I may not have gone by myself, 
but I didn't have anyone to do it with, and I had my guiding principles in place, so I just went. I went and I figured it out. If you go solo, I'm confident that you, too, will find your way. If you're considering going solo, let me share with you some of the benefits of doing the Camino on your own. You get to pick your starting and ending dates to suit your schedule. You get to pick your starting and ending places. You decide where to stay based on your personal preferences and budget. You set your own pace, both for how fast you walk and for how far you will walk each day. If you want to be alone, on your own, no problem. If you get sick or injured or have to stop for a break, no one but you is impacted. If you need or want to skip a section of the trail, it's completely up to you. You will likely meet a ton of people, and you get to hang out and walk with whomever you like. You may hear the phrase Camino family. Those are the small groups of people that form on the trail, share the journey together, and sometimes become lifelong friends. Some solo pilgrims may say that finding a Camino family on the trail is the best reason to walk on your own. It really is total freedom and full-on independence, which also comes with all of the responsibility for planning and preparing for your walk. Personally, I love it. But are you ready for all that? Hmm. A solo pilgrimage is not for everyone. Not at all. Let's take a look at some potential challenges of walking a solo Camino. And I'll do that by taking a closer look at those three phases again, getting ready, getting started, and walking the Camino. Getting ready for the Camino is no small undertaking. There is so much you have to coordinate and prepare. What if you have other time-based commitments that prevent you from devoting hours each week to planning for a first-time pilgrimage? What if you want to walk the Camino immediately and there isn't much lead time? What if you simply dislike the planning phase? If this is you, then you may want to team up with a friend or family member to plan for and walk the Camino. That way you can divide up the research assignments and prep tasks between you. Or you may want to hire a company to do the planning for you. A travel agent can book all your flights and ground transportation for you, taking a giant item off your to-do list. A Camino Tour company can book all of your accommodations and daily luggage transport, and even some of your meals. You could also get some expert guidance in the planning process by joining one of the groups I'm leading. My program is called Just Get Me Started, and planning your Camino journey is a big part of that. I'll talk more about my program later in this episode. If you hire a company to assist with the planning and preparations, you will still be starting and walking your Camino on your own. So these options could actually be the best of both worlds. The next phase, getting started, can also be a challenge for the solo pilgrim, especially if it's your first time traveling alone or first time traveling alone internationally. 
How do you know what to do and when to do it and what happens if you miss a connection? And all those lines you have to stand in at the airport. Why is this line so long and how come that line is moving but mine isn't? And am I even in the right line? Where is the bus stop? Where am I staying tonight? And does anyone speak my language? Then when you get to your starting point, there's a whole other list of things to figure out. Personally, I find traveling on my own to be exhilarating, but you may not. You may find it overwhelming or tedious or boring or exhausting. Or you may just think it would be way more fun if you were to share it with someone you know and love. Those who have walked the Camino will tell you that all will be well, you will be just fine, and it will all work out. But that doesn't mean you should therefore force yourself to start the Camino alone if that's not what you want to do. Yes, you will likely meet other pilgrims the moment you reach your starting point so you won't be alone for long. You may even meet pilgrims at the airport or train station and connect because you're both carrying backpacks, maybe with a Camino-themed patch on them, and you're both wearing hiking clothes or boots. It's a fun scenario to imagine, but one that's not guaranteed. If you definitely don't see yourself starting on your own, If traveling to the Camino by yourself isn't going to happen, you could seek out a friend or family member to join you for your Camino walk. You could even put together your own group. That would ensure you have someone to take your first steps with. You could also find a company that takes groups on the Camino. This option is similar to what I described earlier, where a company books all your accommodations and luggage transport with the added feature of providing a ready-made group of potential friends who will be walking the trail with you. In case this option sounds appealing to you, I will be talking in a moment about what questions to ask the company to be sure you get what you want and need. You could also join one of my groups. As I mentioned before, with my groups, we do the planning and preparation together. We meet on Zoom several times before our starting date to get to know each other. And then we meet in Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port and walk together for the first five days on the trail. By the time we reach Pamplona, everyone is comfortable and confident enough to continue on with their new friends from our group and with other pilgrims they have met along the way. By Pamplona, my pilgrims know they no longer need a guide so I kiss them on the cheek and send them on their way, while still being available by email or text to offer support. You can probably see why the program is called Just Get Me Started. A bonus benefit of my program is specifically for your family and loved ones, the folks back home who are concerned about you heading off on your own. They might be slightly alarmed when you tell them you want to walk the Camino by yourself. This is something I discovered when I started leading groups, that no matter a person's age, their mother is still and always will be worried when they go off on an adventure on their own. 
If you're starting with me in one of my groups, you can tell mom and others who are worried that you're in good hands. If you're thinking of walking the Camino solo, you may be imagining that it will be super easy to meet people and find pilgrims to walk with once you get to the Camino. And you would be right. More than 300,000 people complete the pilgrimage to Santiago each year, and many more walk the route but don't reach Santiago, or if they do, don't register for the Compostela certificate to be counted in the statistics. If you want Camino friends, you will have plenty of people to connect with. There is also this phenomenon of the Camino family. Let me talk about that for a moment and share a couple different perspectives. As I said before, a Camino family is a small group of people who meet on the Camino and walk the trail together. If you've seen the movie The Way, you will remember that the four main characters came together through shared experiences and some trials to form a small family. They met on the trail, walked together, talked, shared meals and accommodations, and stayed together until Santiago and then onto the coast. It's a wonderful image. And I think there is some romance that is developed around this idea. I say that because while it is a beautiful idea to have a Camino family and to share the experience, the ups and downs and in-betweens, there is no guarantee that you will have such a family. And not everyone wants a Camino family. I have never had a Camino family in all my years walking the Camino. I have had many friends, and I have seen people again and again as we move almost in sync along the trail. I've kept in touch with some of the people I've met, and many are now friends on Facebook. But that's not what draws me to the Camino. You may be wondering how, in 17 years walking the Camino, I've never had a Camino family. I'm pretty certain that the number one reason I've never had a Camino family is actually a quite simple one. I walk more slowly, and I walk shorter distances each day than most people. That means that we may connect and feel a friendship coming on, but it's very likely you will walk further than I do the next day and will soon be far ahead of me. We may never meet again. There are other challenges with going solo. I'll share my story as an example. And remember I said this is a personal episode for me. You probably won't be able to tell when you meet me, but I often feel a little awkward in social situations when I don't know anyone when I'm meeting people for the first time, and when I am the single, solo person wanting to join an established group. I know, by now I should have worked this out, but no matter where I go, there I am. I do love meeting new people and hearing their stories. I love talking to people about their Caminos and how they got started and what they are experiencing but I am slow to make close friends. That might be the case for you as well. What this all means is that some of the time when I'm on my own on the Camino, I do get lonely. And when I'm tired after a long day's walk, 
I don't always have the energy or drive to try to connect with others or even to have a meaningful or not meaningful conversation. I've eaten some meals alone on the Camino simply because I wasn't up to making the effort to connect with anyone. And I've seen many other pilgrims eating alone. So that could be a potential challenge of walking the Camino on your own. Loneliness. The other side of this coin, though, is that I have had many, many wonderful connecting experiences on the Camino. I've shared many beautiful meals with my fellow pilgrims, sometimes cooking together, sometimes meeting at a restaurant, sometimes sharing a drink and tapas while commiserating about the hard walk we just did over the big mountain. These are, for me, some of the realities of doing the Camino solo. And I mention these just because I want to be sure to provide a well-rounded view of what it could be like to walk the Camino solo. Yes, you will meet people. And yes, you do have to put yourself out there to form these friendships and relationships. But fortunately, there will be plenty of other pilgrims looking to connect and make friends. I have a friend who's walking the Camino Frances as I record this episode. And she has put herself out there beautifully. She traveled to Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port alone, but quickly connected with other pilgrims and is having a wonderful time on her Camino journey. She's found two other women who came on their own, who walk the same distances each day as she does, and they are walking to Santiago together. This is very common on the Camino, as are loneliness and the entire spectrum of experiences and emotions. On another topic, you may also be wondering if it is safe for a solo person, especially a woman, to walk the Camino alone. The first thing that may come to mind for you is that it could be dangerous to walk the Camino alone. While you may hear the occasional report of small crimes or problems on the trail, I can confidently say that the Camino is a relatively safe place. In a future episode, I will talk more about safety and security on the Camino in great detail, and I will discuss some of the situations that do arise. But for now, I will share with you that in my experience, pilgrims look out for each other. And as a member of the pilgrim community, you will never be truly alone. A solo, free-form, self-planned pilgrimage isn't for everyone. If you have never traveled alone, or if you have never traveled internationally, or if you have never done a long walk, or if you have never traveled without advance reservations, and the idea sounds like a bad one, you may feel more comfortable hiring a company to plan all or part of your Camino trip. So now I'd like to talk about hiring a company to arrange your trip. And then I will share some tips for planning your Camino walk with a friend, partner, family member, or group of your own friends. There are many options out there for pre-planned Camino itineraries. A quick internet search will yield a number of companies that plan Camino programs or tours. There are companies that book all your accommodations and arrange for meals and luggage transport, and companies that also provide a guide and support vehicle for the entire trip. 
other companies just book everything, send you the itinerary, and send you off on your way. For some people, the prearranged programs look really pricey. And for others, the value provided by the tour companies is well worth the price paid. It's your decision, and you will know what's right for you. It will be helpful to have an idea of what you're looking for before you start talking to tour companies. If you've been following along with this podcast series, you will have some ideas already. Here are some questions you may want to answer for yourself before you start to send emails or make phone calls about prearranged programs. Here they are. How much time do you have for your entire trip? How many days do you want to walk during the trip? How far can you and do you want to walk in a day? What is your overall budget? What class of accommodations do you require? Do you need or want private bathrooms? Or are you okay to share the one down the hall with other guests? Do you want to have all of your accommodations booked in advance? Do you want any or all of your meals prearranged? Do you want a guide for the entire trip? Do you want a support vehicle available at all times? Do you want to be met at the airport or train station? Or are you comfortable getting yourself to a starting point on your own? Are you comfortable being locked into a set itinerary? As you think through these questions, I would like to share with you some pros and cons I've heard over the years for using a company to plan and book your Camino walk. On the pro side, as I mentioned before, if you don't have the time or desire to plan your trip, hiring a company can take that chore right off your plate. If the company you hire pre-books all your accommodations, then you never have to worry about where you're sleeping each night. If you're walking during a busy time or on the busy stretch from Saria to Santiago, this can be a huge relief as you watch other pilgrims race to find beds or rooms. If something goes awry, how nice it will be to contact the tour company and let them handle the problem, especially if they speak Spanish and you don't. And oftentimes, the tour companies have insider information on the best places to stay for your desired level of comfort or luxury. On the con side, pre-booking everything takes away the flexibility unbooked pilgrims seem to enjoy. If you were to get in with a group of friends or a Camino family, and they aren't stopping in the town where you're pre-booked, you could lose track of your people. If you pre-book meals, they may not want to eat where you're eating. You may not even want to eat where you're eating. If you were to get sick or injured, which we hope won't happen, you could quickly get off your schedule and incur additional expenses to pay for rooms and then taxis to get caught back up to your planned itinerary. One more potential challenge or even problem could surface if you book a tour full of people you don't know before you go. What if you don't like or get along with someone in the group or even with your tour leader? 
that could make for a long trip. In case you would like to use a tour operator to make all the reservations for you, or if you would like to join a prearranged group, here are some companies that offer Camino itineraries just to get you started. Spanish Steps, Camino Ways, Raw Travel, Marley Camino, REI or Recreational Equipment Incorporated, Camino Confidence, and my company, The Camino Experience. I'm not able to give personal recommendations for any of these companies but my own, as I've never used any of them. If you would like to learn more about the Getting Starting program I offer, please visit my website, thecaminoexperience.com. I will put that link in the notes for this episode. Now let's look at walking the Camino with a friend, partner, family member, or group you assemble yourself. Traveling with others can be fun and enjoyable, but it can also be challenging and sometimes stressful, especially if you've never traveled together before. I think it would be worth talking through your personal needs and preferences as you plan your Camino walk. If you tuned in for episode 9 for the conversation with Pilgrim Amanda from Sydney, you may remember that she shared with us the ground rules she and her walking partner had established for their walk together on the Camino Portugues. I've compiled a list of questions that include Amanda's, plus a few more. These questions will help you get to know each other and to craft your team Camino experience. This is a long list, by the way, so I'm going to put a link in the notes for where you can find them on my website. Here we go. What is your walking pace? How often do you need or want to stop for a break during the day? How far can you walk in a day? How far do you want to walk each day? Is it the same for both people or everyone in the group? Do you need to be together on the trail at all times? Are you okay meeting at various stops throughout the day or at the end of the day? Or are you okay splitting up for a day or more at a time? What are your needs in terms of where you sleep? Are you okay with shared mixed gender dorm rooms? Or do you require private sleeping accommodations? Do you need private bathroom facilities or are you okay sharing with others? If you're staying in the shared dorms, how often do you need or want an upgrade to a private room? What is your budget for accommodations? How much time do you have for the overall trip? If it's not the same, can one of you join the walk in progress? Or is it better to start together and the one who can't go the whole way just leaves when they're ready to go? If you plan to start and finish together and one person can't or doesn't want to finish, how will you handle that? What is your budget for food? Is anyone on a picnic budget while another wants to eat exclusively in restaurants? Does anyone have any special dietary needs or restrictions? 
do you have the same needs for an understanding of what a rest day is? How will you handle injury or illness? Do you both or all stop walking? Does one person continue on while the injured or sick person stops for care? What if you are an introvert and your walking partner is an extrovert or vice versa? How will you balance and respect each person's interaction needs? Does anyone speak Spanish? If yes, is that person willing to be the translator for the team? These questions are mostly about logistics, costs, and personal needs. What about interacting with other pilgrims? I want to be sure to mention that just because you walk with someone from your inner circle, that doesn't mean you won't make new Camino friends. And you could also find yourself forming a Camino family with other pilgrims, even if you bring your own people. I once met three young American kids who had been, mm, well, adopted by an older Australian couple they had met on the trail. As I come to the end of this episode, I'm reminded that there are many things to consider when planning to walk the Camino. How are you feeling about the planning process so far? If you're feeling a little overwhelmed, I understand. This is a lot to take on. But please don't worry. There are so many resources out there to help. In addition to companies that plan everything for you and my program that gets you started so you can walk the Camino independently, there are also online resources and books that will guide you through the planning, preparations, travel, and walking phases. I'll make sure to put some of those resources in the notes for this episode. Before I wrap up, though, I want to talk about one more reason to share your Camino experience with others. This reason relates to the significance the Camino journey holds for many people. We often hear people say how nice it is to have someone to share experiences with. A beautiful sunset is better with someone you love. A long bus or train ride can be more fun when you have someone to talk to and laugh with. To take that a step further, because walking the Camino can be such a life-changing experience, one of the greatest gifts someone can give us is to bear witness to our journey. I'll share a personal example. The year I turned 46, I walked the Camino in honor of my mom, who had died at the age of 46. I carried with me a photo of my brother, my mom, and myself from her last Christmas, which, of course, we didn't know would be her last. I had intended to leave the photo at the Cross of Iron, where pilgrims have been setting down their burdens and honoring their loved ones for centuries. But by the time I got to the cross, I had shared my story with enough pilgrims who had borne witness to that story that I didn't feel the need to leave the photo. And I'm glad for that, because it was the only copy I had. A pilgrimage on the Camino is often filled with incredible emotional highs and also its share of low points. Those shared experiences in telling our stories bring us closer to one another 
and bind us together. Whether it's your partner or a lifelong friend or a new Camino friend, we are the witnesses to each other's journey and transformation. This matters. Who you walk the Camino with matters. If you're choosing to walk the Camino on your own, you will be walking with your most important person, you. Your new friends, and if you have one, a Camino family, will bear witness for each other. If you will be walking with someone from your inner circle, the conversations you have before you go set the stage for deeper sharing and bearing witness to each other's Camino experiences. It's a wonderful opportunity and possibly why walking the Camino is so impactful. Well, this has been another long-ish episode, and I hope it's given you lots to think about. When you decide who you will walk the Camino with, you will have made perhaps the most important decision of all. And whatever you decide, your Camino will be all yours as a walk within the larger pilgrim community. Blessings for your journey. And now let's get to this episode's top tip. As I write and record this episode, I am getting ready to leave on my own Camino walk. So I'm going to share with you one of my many pre-travel rituals. Two weeks before I leave for any Camino walk, I move in to my boots. That means that the last two weeks before I leave to walk the Camino, the only shoes I wear are my hiking boots. My boots are really well-worn and fully broken in, but when I'm not on the Camino, I don't wear them unless I'm going for a hike, which, true confession, isn't very often. So to get my body, my hips, my legs, and my back reacquainted with my boots, I move into them and wear them all the time. And then when it's time to leave, I wear them on the plane and all the way to my starting point. This has the added bonus of ensuring I don't lose track of them, or if I check a bag on the plane, they don't end up in an airport other than the one I am going to. That's all for this time around. Thank you once again for joining me and allowing me to share in your Camino journey. Bye for now.